What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sean Jones NBA Show. I'm recording this on January 12th. Uh, It's a Thursday evening, got the normal TNT slate on as we speak, Uh, but we are right about at the midway point of the season. Most teams have played a game or two more past the the 41 game mark, which does mark the midway uh, point of the season. So the sample sizes are pretty big at this point. Most teams and players are going to be what they are. Um, Although there definitely are some standouts that we expect either some regression or progression as the season continues to go. As we know at this point last year, the Celtics were a 500 team, but were able to have a strong second half and make it all the way to the finals. Um, But as we get to the midway point of this season, uh, on today's episode, I'm going to be handing out midseason superlatives uh, for both some teams and some players. Um, So with that, let's get right into it. So as I go through each superlative, uh, whether it be for a team or a player, I'm going to name a few uh, runner-ups or um, considered teams or players for that superlative. But um, starting off for the best team to this point, uh, and when I say best team, I don't mean that I think that they're for sure going to win the championship. Not necessarily that I even think they are the best team or will be the best team as we head into the playoffs, but to this point in the season, who has been the best team? And I think that that's pretty um, obviously the Celtics. Um, we have a, a few in consideration, um, those being maybe the Bucks, uh, the Nuggets, the Grizzlies. Um, the Nets have come on strong recently. Uh, Cleveland and Philadelphia have, have played well. Um, throughout most of the season. Um, but the Celtics have pretty much had the best record all year long. They are first in net rating, uh, first in offensive rating, top 10 in defensive rating, um, which they've improved a lot uh, as the, t- the season has gone on. They were actually down in the 20s on, from a defensive rating perspective earlier in the year. Um, and they've fallen back to earth a little bit. Um, I know they started, uh, what was it, 21-5, and five, um, and then they actually did lose five out of six games out, five out of six games after that, um, as well as a uh, five and seven stretch uh, when you uh, add the next few games after that. But since then, they have won four games in a row. Uh, they've gotten Robert Williams back from injury. He's playing his 11th game here tonight against Brooklyn. Um. And yeah, they've just been the best team. There's really no way uh, around it. Tatum and Brown have been healthy all year long. They're both having the best seasons of their career. Um, Tatum's shooting has gone down a little bit from what it was, but he's still averaging uh, close to 31 points per game. Brown's having a phenomenal phenomenal year, almost 50%, although he has struggled a little bit from three-point range, uh, below 33%. But he's up to 27 points a game. Um He's got a better assist-to-turnover ratio than he's had in previous years, and he's even up to seven rebounds. Um, so that they've been the best duo in the league this year, 57, uh, or actually, sorry, 58 points combined. Um, and then they've just had all their role guys play really well. Um, Horford is still shooting 44% from three. Grant Williams still 41% from three. 
Um, Derek White came back to earth a little bit, but he's been um, a nice player for them this year. And then Brogdon's been a really good addition. He's their third leading scorer um, coming off the bench, only 24 minutes a game, but he is at 14 points per game. Um, and he's shooting 44% uh, from three. They've had good contributions from other guys. Sam Hauser has shot the ball well. Um, Pritchard has given them some decent spot minutes. Cornette has been serviceable. Um, Blake Griffin's even played a little bit uh, before Robert Williams came back, but not so much since then. Um, Smart has not had a great year from a uh, shooting perspective, 42%, 34% from three. But to be honest, those are... (laughs) <laughs> both above his career average, so it's kind of what we've come to expect out of him. But their defense has been improving as the year has gone on. They've been an offensive juggernaut uh, pretty much the whole season. Missoula's got them uh, playing a more three-point uh, focused offense. I think last year they took a lot more difficult mid-range fadeaway shots, uh, which led to some scoring droughts certainly uh, throughout the playoffs. But I don't really know how you could argue that a team has been better than them uh, to this point, um, I'm still a big fan of the Bucks. I still think they've got as good a chance to make the finals and win the finals as the Celtics or anybody else, um, especially once Middleton comes back. But if he doesn't come back, then I would lean the Celtics um, ever so slightly, as we saw the matchup in the playoffs last year, and Boston has really only gotten better since then. Um, but yeah, Missoula's got them playing well. Their top two guys have been um, all-stars. Tatum has been not only all-star, but all-NBA level and potentially even MVP level. All the role players are playing well. They've got a deep uh, team, and their defense has only improved as the year has uh, gone along. So Celtics do win the best team superlative at the midway point so far. Up next, we have the biggest surprise team. So a few teams that I considered for this one are the Knicks, who are currently the sixth seed in the East. I did think they would be pretty decent, around 500 in the play-in, but um, they've been pretty comfortably in the playoffs uh, for the last month or so. Um, and they've looked uh, just better than I expected overall. They've had some guys that have just played better than I was anticipating, um, as well as the Kings. Uh, they're currently the four seed in the West, which... If you listen to my preseason podcast, you know that I was a fan of the Kings coming into the season. However, I did not actually have them making the playoffs. So um, obviously the four seed is exceeding my expectations, and I was actually someone that was higher on them than most. Um, And then the Pelicans as well. So I did think the Pelicans would make the playoffs. I really almost did pick them to be a top four seed, but was hesitant just because the West appeared to be very deep. Um, But we've had some other teams struggle, so they are currently at the three seed um, and pretty comfortably there. They've been in the top three or four for most of the season, despite a ton of injuries. Um, Brandon Ingram has not played in what's felt like months, Um, and then Zion did just get hurt as well, um, and he's out for at least a few more weeks. Um, So we'll see if they're able to stay up there, but McCollum has done a very good job of keeping them. Um, At least where they're at, they're not necessarily gaining any ground on Memphis or Denver. But the team I am going to pick for the biggest surprise, and probably not a huge surprise I'm picking them, um, is the Indiana Pacers. Uh, They are currently 23-19, and the seventh seed in the Eastern Conference. Um, They started the season 1-4, and uh, but since then have gone 22-15. and they had an over-under coming into the year of 24 and a half. 
Uh, so they were expected to be one of, if not the worst team in the NBA, certainly the worst team in the Eastern Conference by most people's projections. And they, they're one or two wins away from surpassing that uh, over-under on their win total, and we are only midway through the season. So um, they've been much better than really anyone could have anticipated. Um, it's not like they're having some phenomenal season. They are 16th in net rating. Um, 13th in offensive rating, 19th in defensive rating, so they're not necessarily excelling at any particular one thing. Um, but they've had some really good surprises um, from a lot of their players this year, um, probably the main one being Tyrese Halliburton. He has taken a massive leap this year, averaging 20 points a game and 10 assists. Um, he's been crazy efficient as well. Um, 48% and 40% from three and 88% from the free throw line. So really flirting with that 50, 40, 90. Um, and these really aren't far off from his career averages. I mean, he's career 48% from the field, 41% from three and 86% from the free throw line. So he's really always been efficient, but his volume has gone up and the efficiency has not suffered at all. Additionally, his assist totals have gone up. He's leading the NBA in assists. He's close to two steals per game. Um, from a offensive defensive rating percentage or pers- uh, perspective, he's a uh, 126 offensive rating, which is ridiculous for a guard. Um, that's normally numbers you see out of like a center that only makes dunks and shoots layups. Um, and then the defensive rating 114 could be a little better, though it's not atrocious as the, um, the ratings across the NBA are continuing to rise year by year. So um, in years past, that would have been pretty bad, but it, it's it's not good, but it's it's not atrocious. Um, but he's just been a revelation on offense. Uh, his true shooting percentage is uh, well above 60% at 61.3. Um, and they've gotten a lot of contributions from other guys as well. Miles Turner, um, 26 years old, is having by far his best season. Um, he's averaging 17 points and 8 uh, rebounds per game. Uh, his previous career high for points was 14.5. And and that was back in his second season back in 2017, which is quite a while ago. He's really been hovering around the 12, 13 points per game, um, but his scoring is up. He's getting more shot attempts. Uh, he's actually having his most efficient year as well by far, 55% from the field, um, and his most efficient from three, um, save for one year in 2019, but uh, 38% from there. Um, and then we know the rim projector he is and can be. He's still at 2.3 blocks a game, which is right on his career average, uh, so we know what he brings on that end. But he's been... Uh, very surprising on the offensive end. He's got a career high in offensive rating as well, career high in uh, true shooting percentage at 66% as well. So um, good good timing for him in a contract year. I, I know they've been talking about trading him for years now, um, but he's definitely making himself some money with his play this year. And then they've had some other good contributions from uh, some rookies, Andrew Nemhart, who was um, – pretty unheralded coming into the year out of Gonzaga. Uh, He got drafted in the second round, Um, but he's been a really nice addition for them. He shot the ball well. I'm sure they were really not expecting much. Um, He probably wasn't expected to play much at all. And then uh, Benedict Matherin has been uh, great for them this year. Um, His his shooting and efficiency has fallen off a little bit in uh, recent weeks, but he's still at 17.2 points per game. Um, one of the top candidates for six man of the year this year. Um, and then they've got some decent contributions from some other guys. Buddy Heald has uh, been playing his normal self. He's at 18 a game with um, high three-point percentage, 43% on good volume. 
um, as well as Andrew, uh, Aaron Neesmith, Jalen Smith, uh, T.J. McConnell. Uh, Duarte's having a down year from last year, but a lot of that just has to do with the fact that they've got Matherin and he's played so well. Um, but a really good job by Rick Carlisle. Um, I, I was a little... I was wondering if he was going to want to stick around for what was probably going to be a rebuild, but this it's going to be a pretty quick uh, rebuild. I mean, we're talking in the offseason about how the Pacers have, like, never had a top 10 pick in the last, like, 20 years or something, and it doesn't look like they're going to <laughs> this year either. Um, in fact, they have a pretty good chance of making the playoffs, um, or at least they did. I know Halliburton hurt his um, knee uh, in the game yesterday. Uh, so I don't know how long that's going to take. They said it'll be a reevaluate in two weeks. But I think they really could fall off with him out. But um, assuming they can hang around the play-in range, I think they've got a decent shot at the playoffs as long as he comes back uh, in relatively short order. So on the other end of that spectrum, next we have biggest disappointment for a team. Um, good amount of teams that could qualify for this this year. Um the Heat being one, they're playing a little bit better this year, or sorry, in recent weeks. Um, but they've really been in that like 9 to 12 range for most of the season. They're currently the 8 seed, 22 and 20. Um, they've had a few injuries, but really just a little bit of lack of star power after their top three, four guys has probably led to that. And a lot of their guys are getting a little bit older as well. Um, or they're just unproven, um, like undrafted guys that they're relying on. So I think they'll end up being okay. I could see them getting up to the sixth seed. I mean, they're only a game back from there now. Um, but I don't see them turning it around too much. Um, I think this core might have run its course a little bit, um, and they might be due for a little bit of a shakeup or just try to add some more pieces to what they have um, for moving forward. Um also, the Timberwolves certainly uh, qualify for this. I didn't pick them just because I don't think really anyone had championship aspirations for this team coming into the year. I do think that they were expected to make the playoffs by most. I did not have them in the playoffs, um, so they're not playing too much worse than I would have expected. They've been playing a little better recently, um, even with Carl uh, Anthony Towns out, um, but the Gobert experiment has been quite a disaster to this point. Um and so they've definitely been worse than uh, consensus would have thought. As well as the Suns, um, currently the seventh seed at 21 and 22. But I didn't pick them just because they, I mean, they were leading the conference probably like a month ago. And they've just been decimated by injuries. Um, I believe they're 2-13 and 13 in games that Booker doesn't play. So um, I'm not going to really say they've been disappointing that much. It's just mostly been they haven't had their best player. Um, and when they've had him, they're 18-10. and 10, So they're as, they'd be hovering around the top of the conference um, if he was playing based on the win percentage they were at with him. Um, so with that being said, I will be picking the Golden State Warriors, the defending champions. They're currently the 8th seed at 20-21. and 21. And I know that Curry has missed time. Um, probably about the same amount of time uh, that Booker has missed, so that might sound a little unfair. But the difference there is that the Warriors are only 14 and 13 in games that Booker plays, uh, or sorry, that Curry plays, um, and they they went 6 and 8 without him. So it wasn't some huge drop-off. I mean, um, they're one game above 500 with him, two below without him. Uh, so they've really been pretty disappointing the whole season, Um 
Additionally, the Suns have been a little unlucky. Um, they've got a positive point differential, or sorry, positive uh, net rating, um, 11th in the NBA, where the Warriors are down at 22nd in the NBA at minus one. They're 17th in offense, 20th in defense. Um, so they really haven't been very good on either end of the ball. They haven't been consistent all year. Um, they've been just awful on the road. It's really been <laughs> just strange to see, honestly. Um, they do have one of the best road uh, records in the NBA. Or sorry, one of the best home records in the NBA. They're 17-5, but they are 3-16 and 16 on the road, which <laughs> feels almost like unreal how you could have such a not only have such a drastic difference between home and road, but also for such a veteran team. I mean, this team, it's won four championships, their core. Um, so you'd think that they would be able to handle road environments, and I'm sure they can, but their bench is a lot younger this year, and I think that's what's um, caused a lot of their issues to this point. Uh, Steph's had a phenomenal year, averaging 37-6. Uh, He's hovering right around 50, 40, 90s, uh, half a percent on his field goal percentage away from getting that. Um, Clay has been very up and down to this point. He's been playing really well recently, but he started the year very poorly. Um, and his percentages are still pretty well below what we're accustomed to seeing when he was healthy. Um, he's a career 46% from the field, 42% from three. And this year he's only uh, 41 and a half from the field as well as 38 and a half from three. Um, so percentages are down, volumes um about the same as it's been, um, and his scoring is pretty close to what it was, but um, he's just taking more shots, so it's not um, the efficiency. Yeah, the efficiency just hasn't been there for him. Uh, Wiggins has been pretty consistent. He's probably been their second-best player to this point. Um, Draymond kind of is what he is, 8, 7, and 7. Um, he's shooting mostly fine, but I do think that he's taken a little bit of a step back on defense. I wonder how much of that has to do with um, his age and how much of it has to do with the whole incident preseason and maybe he is just being less vocal on that end which is leading to the team not uh, being as good defensively um, because he doesn't want to overdo it given the whole Jordan Poole punching situation but speaking of Poole um, he hasn't been great this year he's 21 a game so uh, career high there but his efficiency hasn't been good 43% from the field uh, 31% from three um, and then their bench has given them pretty much nothing. Uh, DiVincenzo has been okay, uh, but he's below 40% on the year. Um, they've relied a lot on Anthony Lamb, who um, kind of came out of nowhere. Um, he's a uh, third-year player, bounced around with San, San Antonio and Houston, but only had 26 career games coming into this season. Um, and then Moses Moody has been really a non-factor. Kaminga is not playing much, if at all, in most games. Ty Jerome has been a good <laughs> surprise for them, but they've got nothing out of their bench so far. That's a big issue and probably why they've been so poor on the road. Um, and then their defense just isn't what it used to be. Um, additionally, they've got championship aspirations. They were the favorites in the West uh, coming into the year, one of the favorites to win it all. Um, they won it last year, so you need to hold them to a high standard, obviously. Um, and they really haven't had many seasons like this in the past when they've had everybody healthy. Um, and for the most part, they have had everybody healthy. I know Steph's missed some time, but a lot of the top teams have missed, uh, have the, had their top guy miss some time at some point. So um, Warriors have certainly been disappointing. 
don't be uh, don't get me wrong i i would not be surprised at all in fact i do anticipate them going on some uh, sort of a run at some point um and even though they're the the eight seed right now they're uh, three games in the loss column out of having home court uh, and beat the four seed so they have <laughs> they've got plenty of time to make up ground and they don't have that much ground to make up because the West is very clumped together, but still they are below 500 and they just lost uh, earlier this week to a Phoenix Suns team that had six of its seven top players not playing. So that was just really probably their worst loss of the year. Curry was back. They were at home. Um, but yeah, like I said, I expect them to, to play better, but to this point, the it just has not been there for them. So up next, we have the most dysfunctional team. So coming into the year, most teams feel pretty good about where they're at. Uh, everyone's excited about the players they've added or drafted or trades they made. But um, once we get to the midway point, if teams aren't maybe performing to where they wanted to, um, we can see some frustration start to boil up. So I think a few of these teams have had that to this point, the first one being the Timberwolves. Um they, I won't talk too much about them. I feel like I've talked a lot about them. I just mentioned them and the disappointment teams. But, yeah, obviously the Gobert experiment hasn't worked. A few other teams that uh, this applies to is the Bulls. Um, they've been playing a little better recently, but um, still are currently the 10 seed, 19-23. Uh, um, had a pretty bad loss last night on a botched uh, last uh, second play, but 19th in net rating. Um, they've been kind of a mess all year. People have been saying they should blow it up. And then we've heard a lot of rumors from the Rockets that they're just a mess, man. I mean, they've got no veteran leadership on the team. They've got a lot of young guys that just don't play the right way. Um, I mean, we even heard players making quotes about how they need veterans, not from the Rockets, but from other teams. Um, also, saw a pretty funny uh, quote from Eric Gordon. They asked him how the team's improved to this point. Um, in the season, and he replied, there's been no improvement, uh, which is pretty funny. <laughs> um, but the team I'm ultimately going to pick as the most dysfunctional um, will be the Atlanta Hawks. So they are currently 19 uh, and 22. They are the nine seed, certainly not out of playoff contention, but uh, they made the playoffs last year. We're in the Western Conference Finals, sorry, the Eastern Conference Finals two years ago. And they added a player who was an all-star last year in DeJounte Murray, and the only players they really lost were Gallinari, who is a little bit older anyway, and Kevin Herter. So overall, um, at least rotation players, overall on paper, they should have been better. Um, they added some defense in Murray, another ball handler to take pressure off of Trey. Um, but they're 24th in net rating, which is not good. Um, they're 14th in defensive rating, which... Um, is an improvement from last year. So they have gotten better there. It's even better than where it was two years ago when they made the uh, conference finals. But their offense has plummeted. They were eighth in offense two years ago, second last year, and they're down to 21st this year. So their offense has really taken a hit. Um, a lot of that has to do with Trey Young's up and down um, play this far this season. I mean, he's averaging 28 points and 10 assists, but he's shooting 42%, 31% from three. Um, just really has not been efficient this year. Um, and then his offensive rating is 114, 118 defensive rating. So he's been a negative player to this point in the season. And honestly, so has Murray. Uh, Murray's offensive rating is down to 106, which is, that's really bad. Um, 
that, <laughs> that's not good at all. Um, he's at 20 points per game, six assists, five rebounds, shooting 44%, 34 from three. The fit just has not really been there. Um, Bogdanovich hasn't come back till recently. He's played pretty well since uh, getting back. DeAndre Hunter is one of those guys who has not really improved much the last few years. Um, he kind of is what he is. He's going to have around 15 points per game. Is not a knockdown shooter. He's going to shoot in the mid to high 30%, um, mid 40% and from the field. John Collins has had a very down year. Um, he's still shooting 50%, but his three-point shooting has fallen off a cliff. He's been around 40% a few times. And he's at 23% this year. His scoring is down to 13 points per game. Um, and that is the lowest since his rookie year. Um, so, yeah, his his uh, overall efficiency is down a bit. His shots are down, uh, three-point percentage way down. Uh, but he is not looking the most engaged. Obviously, there's been a million trade rumors for him over the past few years, so I don't entirely blame him for being a little bit disengaged. But um, Capella has been injured for the last few weeks as well, though he's played about at his standard. But their bench is really young now. Um, they got rid of a lot of their veterans. Obviously, Bogdanovich still coming off the bench. But Okongwu's 22. Um, he's their main backup big. A.J. Griffin, who's actually played pretty well, it's only 19. I think he's the youngest player in the NBA, but um, he's getting 21 minutes a game for them off the bench. Aaron Holiday's 26. Jalen Johnson's 21. So they've got a lot of inexperience on the bench. A lot of those guys have played relatively well. Um, Johnson's been a little inefficient and isn't always the best defender, but he's shown some flashes. Um, but I think the main issue here is just, just starts with the top. Uh, Murray and Young, and we've heard... Uh, the reports from Chris Haynes that Trey Young could be the next star that either asks out or is just traded due to um, for whatever reason. Um, but there was that whole report of the when he was asked to come off the bench to ease back in from his injury and he refused. Uh, so there was a bit of a uh, kerfuffle, if you will, uh, <laughs> with Nate McMillan and him. So I don't really know what's going on there. I, I've been a Trey fan over the last few years, but it's it's getting hard to defend him at this point. He's an awful defender. Uh, he's uh, be, he's the least efficient he's ever been this year. And uh, quite frankly, I'm not sure his playing style is super con- he, conducive to winning. He's just one of those guys where he has to be the system or else he's going to be ineffective. Um, and he's not good enough to be the system and you be a contender. So we'll see what they do. They gave up a good amount of picks for Murray, so they don't have a ton of flexibility. And it's a little early to think about trading off of Murray. So the only logical thing, I mean, they could trade Collins, but I don't know if that shakeup's going to do enough. Capella as well, if they want to move towards Okongwu. But yeah, I think at the end of the day, I wouldn't be surprised if Trey eventually is out. I don't think it'll happen this season or even in the off season, but um, this team has been kind of a mess thus far, and even if they do make the playoffs, they've got basically no shot of um, winning even two or three games in any series. So, Up next, we have best turnaround for a team. So this will be a team that did not start off the season very well, but has since uh, recovered very nicely as we've uh, come up on the midway point. So uh, a few teams, honorable mentions here. Uh, we've got the 76ers. They actually started the year 
one and four, uh, then we're five and seven, and then uh, we're 12 and 12, uh, 24 games in the season. But since then, they have won 13 of their last 16 and find themselves 25 and 15. Uh, and they're currently the four seed in the East, just recently past Cleveland. And, I mean, they're only three games out of the loss column from Boston, who's in first. So um, they've recovered quite nicely. Um, they're fourth in net rating in the league, fourth defensively, ninth offensively. So they've got a very nice, well-balanced team. Um, Embiid has been phenomenal. Uh, and then Harden's actually had a, a pretty good year as well. As um, And Maxi's taken a little bit of a leap. Uh, so... They bounce back nicely. Um, I know I was high in them coming into the season. Uh, I don't think they'll end up being the one seed as I initially predicted, but uh, I do anticipate them staying in the top four, and uh, the early panic was probably a bit premature for them. Um, next we have Dallas. Uh, so they were sitting at uh, 15 and 16 and really outside the playoff picture uh, for most of the season to start. They never had some well below 500 record, but they were like win-loss, win-loss, win-two, lose-two. They were just right around 500 for uh, quite a bit, really, towards uh, until the uh, latter half of December. Uh, but then they did win seven in a row. Uh, they since have lost three of their last four, but Luka has missed some of those games, so uh, no need to really worry there. Um, but they're now the five seed, uh, 23 and 19. I believe they were the four seed going into last night before losing. Um so they bounce back nicely, too. Uh, they're in a good position to get a, a top-four seed, especially uh, if Luka continues uh, to stay healthy. Um, and then another honorable mention would be the Lakers. As we all know, they started 2-10, and 10, and they are still the 12 seed. Um, but they've recovered nicely since then. They're 17-11 and 11, uh, since that start. Or, sorry, 17-12 and 12 since that start. Um, and they've played, like, pretty well since then i mean they've been a respectable team before early in the season they were just an easy win for pretty much anyone who had them on the schedule and now they are a tough out even without anthony davis lebron's been playing really really well and then when ad comes back i'm sure they will be um even better as they had been before so but the team i'm going to pick here um is the team that i proclaimed dead on uh one of my earlier podcasts that would be the brooklyn nets um I still stand by a good amount of what I said, Justin, that I don't think that this team will win a championship with its core, which ultimately is the goal. Um, you can say if they make a conference finals that I was wrong, but um, I bet if you ask anyone in that building, they're going to say that it's championship or bust. So. Um, but with that being said, I do apologize for some of it. They obviously have bounced back in a way that um, I certainly <laughs> did not expect. Um, and it correlated pretty heavily with when they fired Steve Nash. So they did start the year uh, one and five. Um, ugh, man, they were <laughs> they were struggling early. Um, but I believe they've won 18 of their last 20 games. Uh, they did have a 12-game win streak um, in there. So they've been really impressive. They're now at 14 of their last 15 they're playing the Celtics as we speak um, and currently down two in the fourth quarter, so they could potentially lose tonight as well. But um, with Kevin Durant out, we'll see if this is sustainable. Probably not. I don't think they'll fall off a complete cliff like they had uh, last year. I think they lost 11 in a row at one point when he went out. But 
Uh, I believe Kyrie was also not playing through that. Um, Harden was, I don't think he played either. I think that was when he got hurt right before he came back and then went to the Sixers. And then they didn't have Simmons yet. So um, I think they'll play a little better than that. I do not think they'll be able to keep up this current pace, but really impressed with their turnaround. Um, Durant has really been otherworldly. He's shooting 56% from the field, which is just absurd for how many jump shots he takes. 93% from free throw, uh, 38% from three. Averaging 35 assists, seven rebounds, a block and a half, almost a steal. Um, I mean, he's been as good as anyone in the league, even at 30, age 34. Um, Kyrie has been really good too, 49%, 37 from three, 91 from the free throw, 26 a game, five assists, five rebounds. Um, and yeah, he since <laughs> since he came back, he has been behaving and he's been balling out back to the Kyrie that we know. Um, he's only 30 years old, so he's he definitely probably still got some years left in him. And then they've had some good contributions from their role players. Um, uh, Watanabe is shooting 53% from the three-point line. It's low volume, under three a game. He's only playing 18 minutes a game. But still, <laughs> that's obviously a ridiculous number, and he's first in the NBA there. So uh, TJ Warren's been playing a little better since coming back from injury as well. They've been ramping him up. He's going to be a very key part of this team while Durant is out with the injury. Joe Harris's numbers have improved. He started off the year very poorly, but up to a respectable 38% from three. Um, right now, still well below his uh, season averages or career averages, but uh, better from what he was. Ben Simmons has played uh, a little bit better. The averages still are not close to what they were with uh, Philadelphia. However, um, he's fallen into a little bit of a role, a nice role. Um, playing better defense than he was earlier in the year and still averaging six assists a game. So Nick Claxton's been a huge part of this. He's been huge for them defensively, um, two and a half blocks and then eight rebounds. He's uh, shooting 74% from the field, obviously most of those dunks and layups, but um, still he's been as important a player as anyone on this team outside of Durant, even as important as Kyrie, I would say. Um, and so it, it, They've made a nice turnaround. Jacques Vaughn has got them uh, playing good basketball, man. I mean, they're fifth in offensive rating right now, eighth in defensive rating, um, which the defense rating is the most shocking part. I mean, they were 19th last year. They were 23rd the year before that. Um, and his record overall right now is 25-8 and eight after Nash started 2-5, and five, um, which is just super impressive. Um that's a 62 uh, pace, 62 win pace uh, for an 82-game season. Um, like I said, Durant's out. They will certainly fall back a bit, but don't get me wrong. This is as impressive a turnaround as I've seen midseason, just given where they were. Um, but it's not – if you look <laughs> – aside from the early season stuff, like it's not surprising. They've got a lot of talent. Um, I still think they're a bit behind the Bucks and the Celtics at this point, but I think that they've got a chance in any series they're in. I'll say that uh, just because of how great Durant has been and how uh, good Kyrie has been as a sidekick, and then the role players have been playing pretty well, and the defense is really what's most important. If they continue to play that way on defense, then they're going to uh, win a lot of games this year. Up next, we have the team that should most blow it up. Um, this is not the teams 
or these are not the teams that I necessarily think will blow it up, but the teams that if I was running them, I would certainly consider it. Um, some honorable mentions here. Uh, we've got the Raptors. They have been the team probably rumored the most likely to blow it up. Um, they've just got a lot of weird weird fits on their roster. They have pretty much, other than Van Vliet, they don't have a single point guard on the team, aside from Malachi Flynn, who is playing 15 minutes a game and doesn't even play every night. Um, and then they also don't really have a lot of big guys either. Um, they've got uh, Christian Coloco, who's played pretty well as a rookie, seven-footer. But other than that, they don't have a single guy of 6'10". Or taller, they've got a ton of guys that are <laughs> six seven, six eight, and six nine, um, which has been their strategy. Um, they like those guys, but it's a weird roster construction, in my opinion. Um, plus, you've got Fred Van Vliet, whose deal is up after this year, um, or he's got an opt out um, that people are saying he likely will opt out. Um, and then Siakam's only got two years left on his deal, so. Um, they've got some guys they can move. Uh, Trent's still only 24. Scotty Barnes only in his second year. Ananobi's having a really good year. Um, he's 25. So they've got guys that they could trade. I think they probably shouldn't and won't trade Barnes. But other than Barnes, I think anybody else probably could be had because um, they're good enough to get you a good return but not good enough where you'd um, lose a ton of sleep over losing them. Um, next, we've got the Blazers. Uh <laughs> People have been saying they should blow it up for years. They did a, a retool rather than a rebuild, uh, getting rid of CJ and adding Jeremy Grant. And Anthony Simons looked pretty good this year. Um, and Grant has looked good for them too. And Dame has looked himself. But they've really been struggling recently. They were very hot out of the gate to start the year. And they're now 19 and 21, uh, the 11 seed. Um, and I'm just not – I don't see a path for them to make the playoffs at this point really, um, just given that – all the teams ahead of them, and I just don't think they're one of the eight best teams in the West. So, And then you've got the Wizards, the perpetual mediocre Wizards at 18 and 24. They are the 12th seed in the East. Um, I don't really know what they're doing. Kuzma's a free agent at the end of the year, so if I were them, I would definitely trade him for something. Uh, Porzingis having a good year, but and he's overpaid, so they might not be able to get a ton for him. And then Beal is certainly overpaid. And he's, I, I think he's even got a no-trade clause, which I don't know why they did that. But um, they're just never going to be a bottom-five team because they've got too much talent, but they're just not good enough to be in the playoffs. So they should blow it up. <laughs> and then uh, the team that I selected as the team that should most blow it up, uh, probably no surprise here, that would be the Chicago Bulls. Uh, they are currently 19-23, and 23, sitting at the 10th seed in uh, the East. Um, they've actually played a little bit better as of late um if you even want to call it that i mean they were 11 and 18 um so they've won eight of their last 13 eight and five not a terrible stretch um it's above 500 but it's not it's not like they're rattling off wins left and right they haven't won more than three in a row um all year but they just look out all out of sorts this year um DeRozan still looks as good as he did last year, honestly. Um, but he's 33. He's got one year on his deal left after this year. They're probably never going to get as much value. Well, they definitely won't get as much value for him 
as they can right now at any time in the future. Offseason, it'll be an expiring deal. In that to next season, no chance. Plus, he's a year older. Um, but they could probably get a, one, if not probably two first-round picks for him, I'd say. Or maybe a first-round pick on like a good young player. Um, and a lot of teams probably would be interested. Um, a lot, there's a lot of struggling teams. I know the Suns are a team that probably could use DeRozan, and they've got the assets to make that happen. Um, Levine started off the year pretty poorly. He's bounced back a little bit, but he's also someone you might want to consider. He's a little older than you think, 27. Um, he did just sign that max, so you've got him under control. But if you can get those two Lakers picks, I think you got to consider it um, just because – this core is not going to take you anywhere except a first-round loss at probably its peak. And then Vucevic is a free agent after this year. That trade is already all like obviously, a, I don't want to say disaster, but they lost the trade. It probably is a disaster. Franz Wagner looks pretty good. Um, Wendell Carter's been good. And then they got another pick coming as well. So even if that pick's a flop, um, it's, it's a bad trade. But if they could get really anything for him, I think they should do it. I think they maybe could get... I, I don't know. I was going to say maybe they get a first-round pick, but I think just given that he's in a free agent this summer, I, I don't even think they could. Um, but maybe a decent player and some second-round picks. I don't know. Um, and then they've got some interesting young players. DeSumo's been or DeSumo's been pretty good. Patrick Williams has had a good shooting year, um, good defensively. But like outside of those two, Caruso would be a nice piece they could trade. Great defender. Um, pretty good shooter as well. They've got pieces to move. And similar to, like I said, with the Raptors, they've. I don't think there's any pieces here that you'd like. Fans are going to lose their shit over if you trade them. Um, like, you don't have any top 20 players here, I don't think. Um, the best player you have is probably DeRozan, and he's 33 and about to be on an expiring deal. Um, but players that are good enough where you actually could get some pretty good value for them. I mean, if they really, really blew it up, if they trade DeRozan, Levine, Vucevic, Caruso, I mean, you could end up with the kind of offseason that the Jazz had in terms of uh, the number of picks you're getting back, which I don't know if they want to go that path. But again, their pick this year is, I believe, top three or four protected. So I think you want to be as bad as you can if you're them. Because if if it's a 7-8 pick, then you lose it. If it's top three or four, then you might get Wembenyama. So, or even Scoot Henderson. But if I'm the Bulls, I'm blowing it up yesterday and trading these guys uh, before the trade deadline for sure. Up next, we have the best tank job. So I predicted there'd be a good amount of teams uh, tanking this year. Uh, and I, I don't think that's a surprise. I think we've got less than I expected. There's really four teams that are, I think are for sure tanking. Um, and it's the four I'm going to call out here. So with honorable mentions, we've got the Houston Rockets. With them, I don't even know if they're – the reason they're definitely not winning this despite having the worst record uh, is because I don't even think they're really tanking. I think they just suck. <laughs> I think they're just a really bad team. Uh, I don't like many players on their roster, and I don't think many of them have star potential. Jabari Smith's been super under, underwhelming this year, and then their two guards are just both kind of head cases. So, yeah, they're just bad. <laughs> um, and then the Spurs, who a lot of people thought they'd be bad, they're 13 and 29. Uh, they have the fourth worst record in the NBA. They are 14 seed in the West. Um, Keldon Johnson er, has been very up and down this year, uh, not been efficient. And then uh, Devin Vassell's taken a nice, nice leap, but he just got injured, so they might fall off e even a little more. 
they'd probably be good or well off trading uh, guys like Jacob Hurdle might be able to get a first round pick for him who knows or at least a decent young player back but yeah they've been bad we thought they'd be bad I don't think they've been worse than we expected so I'm not going to say that they have done a phenomenal job tanking again I think they're just a bad team uh, then we'll go with the Pistons here. Uh, they are 12 and 33. They have the um, second worst record in the NBA, I believe. Uh, no, sorry, third worst. Uh, and they are the 14th seed in the East. And a big reason they've been bad is just because Kate Cunningham's been hurt. Uh, but they weren't probably going to be very good anyway. Uh, but I think Cade getting her is kind of a blessing in disguise. They weren't going to contend. You want to get him some reps, obviously, in his second season. But if you can stash him till next year and then pair him with Wembenyama or Scoot, then they've got a very bright future. They already do. Jaden Ivey's looked pretty good this year, inefficient, but he's, he's, he's shown the flashes that you'd want in a rookie year. I like Jalen Dern as well. If they can flip uh, Bogdanovich for first round pick of some sorts uh they're going to be uh in good shape there as well and then i i like sadiq bay so um they're probably in a, a nice second place here but uh first place for the best tank job will go to the charlotte hornets who are 11 and 31 they have the second worst record in the nba and i think a lot of people thought they'd be bad i thought they'd be bad um i don't think i had them bottom of the east but i had them i think second worst in the east which is uh not too far from where they are but their over under coming in the year was 34 and a half they are well below pace for that they're on pace for about 22 wins um so a good 12 games under and you know a lot of it hasn't been their fault necessarily uh lamello ball has only played 18 games Gordon Hayward has only played 21, but I suppose uh, you can't expect <laughs> anything else from Gordon Hayward. He's pretty much good for half a season at best uh, at this point in his career. Um, I mean, they've been giving guys like Dennis Smith, Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, minutes. He's at 26 minutes a game, uh, which <laughs> uh, you could have probably won a lot of money if you made a bet on him playing that much for any NBA team this year. Um, they obviously don't have Miles Bridges. I doubt they will th this year, and I doubt they will really at any point. I wouldn't be surprised if his career was over, or at least it takes another year or so for him to sign somewhere. Um, they started embracing the youth movement a little bit recently. Um, guys like Mark Williams, who were spending most of their time in the G League, um, have been called up recently. He's been getting more minutes, uh, played decently in spot minutes. But they've done a good job <laughs> of losing. Uh, they've got some good uh things that you need for tanking guys like terry rogier who are still gonna get his buckets but not necessarily gonna help you win you got injured players like ball and hayward um Oubre just got hurt as well but he's the same archetype as a rogier gonna get his shots up gonna get his points but uh, not necessarily gonna help you win so i think this is really good for charlotte i've been saying this all year that they should tank 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 um them going for the playoffs never made any sense to me because they were just were not going to contend in any capacity. Um, and if they can get one of the top two picks, they've got two potential all-stars already on this roster. I mean, LaMelo Ball made their uh, all-star game last year, and very deservingly so. Um, he was at 27-7, and seven, I believe, on good three-point shooting. Um, 
Again, he's not a good defender, but that's he's he's only twenty one years old and in his third season. But he's at twenty three nine and five this year. Um, still not super efficient from the field, but still shooting the ball well from three. Um, and I'm high on him. I like him. I think he's become a little underrated at this point. People are in love with Anthony Edwards, but to be honest, Ball has been kind of the better player um, in that draft, in my opinion, to this point. He did make an all-star team, and Charlotte has been uh, decent. They were above 500, and they were in the uh, play in the past two seasons. So, um, But I think this is a good reset year. They're going to have some cap space because uh, Bridges walked, um, and then maybe they do bring him back. Who knows? But I think this would be a phenomenal uh just quick rebuild for them if they were to get a top two pick. Um, so great job for Charlotte for embracing the tank. Um, and I'm sure there's a lot of fan bases who uh, wish <laughs> that their team would do it as well. I'm looking at you, uh, Chicago and uh, Washington. Hey there. So I realized that this was going to be way too long if I put the player superlatives and the team superlatives in the same podcast. So I am going to break this up into two parts. Uh, so that'll do it for the team superlative part. Um, check the feed for part two on the player superlatives uh, for this season. But thanks so much for listening. Um, the next one will be out very shortly. So please go take a listen. Um, and that'll do it. Thanks. Thank you.